Hello. Um, first of all, I'm re- this word which I'm going to share with you, the Lord has been given to me for weeks and weeks. So I'm just so pleased that Pastor has given me the opportunity to share it. Um, and I hope you'll be blessed, challenged and encouraged in different measures through it. Before I start, I want to tell you a funny wee thing. <laughs> Susan Hoy is the funniest girl I know. And we were talking about this morning, and I just happened to say, by coincidence, I'm also on the door, and we are on the door, and Sunday morning gives the night, welcome me peeking in. <laughs> she, she says to me, it's like Duffy Circus. <laughs> she says, the girl that gave you your ticket at the kiosk the next time you saw her, she was flying around the trapeze. <laughs> so here I am. I've done my bit at the kiosk. I'm now on the trapeze. <laughs> anyway, um, this word, in many ways, is a serious word. It, but I hope there's uh, a lot of encouragement that comes out of it for you. If you can't hear me, my husband's been warned not to rub my voice. So if you can't hear me, just lift your hand. And what I want to talk about this morning is family. And God has laid it in my heart very specifically over the past few months. And as I've thought about it and prayed about it, um, it developed into three families. Our human family, our church family, and then our heavenly family after we leave this world. But the reason it came about was that more and more over these past months, as I talk to people, become so aware of how the devil is attempting to destroy our families. So rife in so many families, the devil is trying to get in, destroy, and break down of marriages. Not only destroy our families, but our marriages. Break down of marriages, three out of five, even in Christian families, break down. Ill health, and specifically if you think about it, Serious ill health among our children. Think how many requests we get on the Facebook to pray for children with heart disease, with brain tumours, with cancer. It's, un- it's unbelievable. Lack of finance and unemployment. Children rebelling against their parents and God. Family members at war with each other brothers and sisters, or sisters and sisters, whatever, who haven't spoken for months and end. Abuse. Suicide, particularly among young and sort of a bit older men. See, the men are the covering of the family, and the devil can take them out. He's weakened the family right away. But our family and our home should be a place of safety, Security, love, forgiveness, encouragement, warmth, peace, non-judgmentalism, and blessing. Many families are like that. But sadly, it's not always the case. But as I prayed about it, I thought, we shouldn't be surprised at this, because God established family. 
And if God established family, what's the devil going to try to do? Destroy what God has ordained. And you know, looking way back, this started in Genesis in the first two, three chapters of the Bible. So from the very beginning, and I, I, you notice things when you go into study in depth that you haven't noticed before. And we know verse Genesis chapter 1. God created man in his own image, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. multiply. In other words, have a family. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over every living thing that moves in the earth. And here was what I find interesting. I hadn't noticed this before. In Genesis 3, they refer to for the very first time as husband and wife. I had never realized that. At the very beginning of Genesis, God refers to us as my couples, as husband and wife. That's where it started. And that's where the devil started to try and destroy it. Consequently, Satan has set out to destroy this perfect creation by corrupting Adam and Eve. And we know all that story. But when that failed, he moved on to the family. And so it has been through the centuries, starting with the very first family, Adam and Eve's family, the first family, Cain killed Abel. So he started from the beginning to destroy and disrupt. You know why Cain killed his brother? Out of jealousy. And here's some other examples in the Bible, and you will see how the devil has spent all these years from creation trying to destroy what God had created to be perfect and beautiful. Some other examples, Jacob and Esau, greed and self-centeredness, Joseph's brothers, jealousy again, David's son Absalom, who turned against his father and wrested the throne from him, rebellion, David's son Ammon, who abused his sister, and was then himself killed by Absalom in revenge, lust and murder, Lot and his daughters, incest. Another number of other examples of perversion in the Bible, but I don't think it's right just to mention this morning. And even when Jesus himself was born, all baby boys under two years of age were killed to try and take out God's plan of redemption and salvation. John 7 and 5 tells us that his own brothers didn't believe him. They just said, he's mad, he has a demon. They didn't believe that he he was who he said he was. So we can see from the very beginning of the human family, as our Dean created by God, has been under continual attack from Satan, and still to this day. And then there's our church family. That's all here. But also the wider church of God. So, Every one of us, when we come to the age of reasoning, have the blessing and the opportunity to come into the family of God by asking Jesus to come into our hearts and take over our lives. And when that happens, we have God as our Heavenly Father and Jesus as our brother. The human family represents the Heavenly Family that is, all born-again believers have been brought into God's family, of which every human family is a microcosm. 
every one of our families is a microcosm of the family of God. And how we live and interact in our homes is a replica of how we should live and interact in our spiritual home. That is church or fellowship where God has placed us. If the human family is a target for the enemy, how much more the church family? As the Bible describes us as the bride of Christ, how fabulous is that? Do you see yourself this morning as a bride, perfect and white? Our granddaughter's getting married next year and she's been out and bought her dress and we haven't seen it, obviously. But it'll be white and beautiful and perfect. And that's how God sees us because we're under the robe of righteousness. We're covered with his blood. He sees us beautiful and righteous and as his bride. And also we're described as the family of God. So, and the thing is, because we are the family of God, we represent God's family to the world. As his children, the last thing Jesus said before he returned to heaven was that we're to go and make disciples by our life and witness to lead others into his family. He doesn't want any to perish. And Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples because of your love for each other. So, obviously, the enemy can keep us from loving each other, forgiving each other, blessing each other, encouraging each other, walking in unity with each other. He scored a big victory. Because we can't represent God's family to the outside world if we are not living as God's family, each, uh, as, as part of this family. We are God's representatives. And at East Point, our desire is to go out into the community and share the love of God, see others brought into the kingdom and brought into our family. So we need to be living in love, forgiveness and unity together if we are ever going to see others won and brought in. See, even in the New Testament, the devil was still working. Paul and Barnabas, the great Paul, fell out with Barnabas, separated. In um, Philippians, there were two women, hard to pronounce, Eodius and, and Syntyche, who were at odds with each other. And Paul was appealing with them to forgive their differences, overlook their differences, forgive each other, and to get involved in the work of God. So, if nothing changes, the devil, the one thing about the devil is he's consistent. He never gives up. He keeps on and on and on. But you know, when we're in division with our brothers and sisters, or with our own family at home, we have to remember what Jesus said. And this is what he said. We do not fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And it is vital that we recognize that, that all division, all disagreement, all disunity 
comes from the enemy. It is not the person that we're disagreeing with. It comes from Satan. And if he can divide and conquer, he's won a great victory. Because he orchestrates it and he nourishes it. Once he sees a crack, he gets in and he just splits it wide open. We've been... uh, We've seen it so much in so many churches. And one of the churches we were in some years ago, a lady took offense over a teacup. Never came back to church. And the result was her son, her two sons, and her husband also left the church. So over one teacup, a whole family came out of fellowship with their brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, this should not be. This is not the will of God. The will of God for us, and I put it here, we need to recognize and refuse to take the bait of Satan, which is offense. We cannot allow ourselves to take the bait of offense. We have to recognize the enemy, kick him out, and cling to each other, cleave to each other, Hold to each other, embrace each other, love each other, forgive each other, and get the devil out. Proverbs 19 says, A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. And just as in our own human family, the Bible tells us to love, forgive, encourage one another. Bless one another and support one another. The Bible clearly tells us in Matthew chapter 6, 14 to 15, that if we don't forgive others their sins against us, our Heavenly Father won't forgive us our sins. And that frightens me. That frightens me. Because there's not a day goes past that I don't need forgiveness. For some thought, word, or deed. That frightens me. If we don't forgive others, God won't forgive us. The thing we need, we, we need to just bring our weaknesses, our sins, or whatever it's bothering us, put it under the blood, repent, put it under the blood, and rise up and go on with the calling that God has put in our lives, and not let the enemy destroy us. And I've put here in capital letters, remember, no family and no church is perfect as there are no perfect people. I'm not perfect and I don't think any of you this morning would dare to say you're perfect. We're not. We all have our weaknesses and our failings. So we need to be continually on our guard against the subtlety and deception of the enemy because he is good at deceiving us. And then we come to the third, which is our heavenly family. And this is wonderful. This is encouraging. The day and hour we're born again, we become sons and daughters of the living God. He says in 2 Corinthians 6, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. And Romans 8 says, 
Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And this is, this is amazing. If we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Hallelujah. What a wonderful scripture. And all of Titus 3, the whole chapter of Titus 3, go home and read it. It's absolutely amazing. That's why I got that song to be sung. I'm no longer a slave of fear. I am a a child of God. Do we really really realize what this means? That the Lord God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, who sets and holds the earth and space without a crashing into the atmosphere. Job chapter 26 says, he suspends the earth over nothing. And sometimes when you see in the television, you see uh, pictures of space and all these things whirling around. And I think we're one of those. What happens if we drop? But we don't. Because it says, he suspends the earth over nothing. He holds the earth in space in its place. The mighty God, this, this mighty God becomes our father. Uh, and we know Jeremiah 29, 11 is such a well-known and quoted verse. For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You see, but this doesn't only refer to heaven, which we sometimes, to here, which we sometimes think, and it does do that, but it refers to our hope after we leave this world. But also to the eternal hope, which the Bible promises, that when we leave this world, we move on to our family home in heaven, knowing the ultimate blessing of living with God, our Heavenly Father, and the Lord Jesus as our brother. And where there's no more sin, sickness, pain, death, but only the joy of his presence. Remember when, he, when Jesus walked on this earth, he said in Hebrews, he was not ashamed to call us brothers. And that's, that's amazing, that the Son of the living God calls us brothers and sisters. The problem is, if we haven't accepted God's offer to be part of his family here, then we can't be part of his family there. And how tragic that would be. So I've asked a question, where are we in all of this today? Each one of us is individuals. Is the enemy causing mayhem in your home, your family, your marriage? Most, many families have children who have rebelled against God. Our son doesn't want to know. Many families are in the same position. In fact, you mentioned earlier about people who would love to have their children here for this new life group. Um, and it's just endemic of, of, of this present age. If, if that's the case, then our Father God has provided us with all we need to stand and fight for our family through our spiritual armour in Ephesians chapter 6. One bit of scripture the Lord has kept bringing to my mind over and over again in the months is Nehemiah 4. 
Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. And those who carried material did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. And I would say this morning, brothers and sisters, I urge you, if your home is under attack, your marriage or your family, be like Nehemiah. Get on your knees and seek our Heavenly Father what he wants you to do. Because he has given us the weapons and the weapons in the name of Jesus and the word of God, the breastplate of righteousness. We were at a conference yesterday with uh, Rosemary McCauley speaking and she mentioned this as well, the importance of the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and the name of Jesus has been vital and it encouraged me when she was saying that, that I was right to be saying the right thing. It says here, get his remote word for your situation and start wielding your sword to push back the enemy. What is the situation in your home or your extended family? Are there problems, difficulties, troubles? I urge you, don't let the devil get the victory. Get on your knees. Let us all get on our knees and seek God and get his plan for our family and start praying it into being and start wielding the sword of the spirit and pushing back the enemy who is trying to destroy all that God wants to do in our lives. He's a mighty God and no matter how powerful or committed the enemy is, we have a greater God because the Bible tells us he has already won the victory. And we need to get in there and start taking hold of that victory and pushing back the enemy and seeing our families united and one for Christ and seeing our sons and daughters sitting in church with us, our grandsons, whatever it might be. So, I'm just, so I just feel so burdened by this. That they, we have, the enemy has just got his feet under the rug and we need to start pushing him out. It says in Revelation 22, they overcame him, that's Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Do we always have our sword to hand in time of need? Attack, temptation or failure? I, if not, I think it needs to, we need to go deeper into the word so that immediately we're tempted or tried, we just be like Jesus. When the devil came to him, he said, it is written that we are able to fight back and overcome. So, in the Old Testament as well, and Rosemary mentioned this yesterday, there were three mighty men of, of God, of David, three mighty men of David, and each one of them overcame the Philistines by standing, fighting. One of them killed, I don't know how many thousand, one of them protected a field of lentils, and one of them killed a lion on a snowy day, which I never understood why it was a snowy day, but that's, that's what it says. By standing, and the thing is, brothers and sisters, let us stand. Don't let us let the devil wear us down, but we need to keep standing 
and standing and fighting till we get victory. And we see our families one for Christ. Now, our spiritual family, how are we doing here? Are we like our natural family as we should be? Are we walking in love, forgiveness and unity with each other as our Lord Jesus commanded? In other words, are we living in obedience? Because that's how Jesus said we should show our love for each other. By obeying him and his commandment, which was plain and simple. A new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Now I'd never noticed that before. Love one another as I loved you. But then, so you must. No equivocation. We must. It's a command from God. You must love one another. And then, maybe you're still in the place of indecision. You may be heard many times, you need to be born again. You need to be saved. You need to ask Jesus into your life. And you're vaguely aware that someday you probably should do that. But are always putting it off to another day. There are a number of problems with that situation. One is, if your family is under attack by Satan, because you're not in relationship with God, you cannot pray for them or fight for them as you do not have the spiritual armor which belongs to the children of God. Two, by keeping putting off this decision, you might run out of time. And also, in the meantime, you're missing out of the blessings and plans that God has for you as his child, walking in faith and trust with him and enjoying the experience of his presence every day. And three, when the time comes to leave this earth and pass on to the next, you have no assurance of eternity in heaven with Father God and the Lord Jesus, our Father and our brother. Because Jesus said, except a man be born again, He cannot see the kingdom of God. And this is the last wee bit. It's just a wee small bit. If that is you, and you put it off and put it off and put it off, I encourage you today, why don't you take that step of faith and have the wonderful assurance that from this day on, you begin to enjoy the blessings of God, being his child, doesn't mean no problems, but we have his word and his help to deal with him. And one day you will walk with him through the door out of this life and right into the eternal love, joy and peace of his presence. What a glorious prospect. Are you ready? Every one of us here this morning ready to be taken by the hand with Jesus and walk right into eternity with him. I pray that you are. Uh, I just pray that something I've said will encourage you, will challenge you, will help you. And if anybody wants prayer, pastor and 
Um, some of the other men are here. I'd be happy to pray with you. And if you want just to talk to me afterwards or anything, I'm happy to talk. But I just thank you again for listening. Um, so I don't falsify this and get this wrong. Ezra, just remind me, because we had this conversation a while ago and I know you spoke to me about this. Roughly how long ago did you feel God putting that word in your heart? Oh, about three to four months ago. So guys, this was three or four months ago, but yet I just feel that this word this morning was for such a time as this. Yeah, anybody else feel that this morning? That was a good word for that. And what I'm going to do, we're going to work um, from the last point back for a minute or two. And I want you to close your eyes and bow your head. Okay. And I want to do some prayer around some of this. And, um, you know, so if you could close your eyes and bow your head. And the last point was really about becoming into the family of God. There's a verse of scripture that says that the Lord puts a solitary within a family. And how God wants each of us to belong to the family of God. And if you are here this morning, I just believe it's always good to give an opportunity. And there may be nobody, but if there is, that's okay, that's fine. But God is a place for you and his family. I thought that was an amazing thing that Esther said this morning. You know, we're going to come to a place in a minute where we're going to pray for our families. And I'm sure there's hardly a family represented here this morning where there's not something that's come to your door. Or there's not a difficulty somewhere within your family circle. And we're going to stand and pray this morning for our families. But I thought that was an amazing point that Esther brought out this morning. That if you're not walking with Jesus, you don't have his armour to stand and fight for your family. To me, that alone is a good reason to give your life to Jesus, to be a part of the family, that you can stand to fight for your family. And you know what we do here, and we don't want to embarrass anybody, but it just helps us to know who to pray for and to pray a prayer that will help you give your life to Jesus. And if there's anybody this morning, and you're here today and you know, actually, you know, time now is the time for me to give my life to Jesus, because I want to stand for my family and I want to be a part of God's family. I'm just going to very, not going to draw this out this morning, but if that is you today, would you just raise your hand to put it down and I want to include you in a prayer. So if you're here this morning and you know you would love to give your life to Jesus and be a follower, be a part of the family of God and pray that for your family as well, would you just quickly just put your hand up and down and I'm going to pray a wee prayer just uh, for you this morning. Okay, I'm going to go to the second point. And it's about us being a family of God. I was handed this word this morning that one of our brothers brought to the prayer meeting and some of the guys felt it was worth it for the whole church to hear. And I want to read this to you this morning. It says this, Awake my people, for my church is a sleeping giant. My spirit is not quenched, but very much alive and ready and willing to penetrate into every waiting heart. If you will only submit to my Holy Spirit and yield to me, your giants can be slain by my Spirit. As I have proven through my servant David as he slew Goliath, empowered by my Holy Spirit. May this day be for many of you the beginning of days, days wherein the weariness of self-seeking and self-striving 
may give way to the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Do you know, it is often because of our self-seeking and our self-striving that we end up striving with each other in church because we want our way or it to be done our way. And that sometimes brings within the family of God division. And yet what God is saying, I believe, through this word this morning to us is when we yield ourselves to his way and his order and his things, the spirit of God, if we yield to him, will move in us. And the giants that are around us, you know, Esther also said in her word this morning, when we're in battle with people, it's not the person, it's the spirit behind that. And the enemy so often uses people, but it's the enemy himself. And how we need to see through that and to pray for people that have maybe rubbed us up the wrong way, to forgive them, to show grace, to show love. And I want to challenge us this morning as a church. We're going to come in a minute or two, we're going to break bread. And I would really encourage us as a church family this morning to take this word on our heart. That we do not allow the enemy to get a foothold. And if we are at odds with somebody, can I encourage you? To go and say to that person, listen, I'm sorry, I got that wrong, forgive me, that we are a body of people that will be one at heart and go on as one at heart. Listen, there will always be our ups and downs. But this word, I believe, is a word that we need to be talking about in church more often than not. If you go into the, the New Testament, it's all about relationships with people that they get it right. So often the epistles were written for the church of God to get right with each other. And to stay right with one another. And some things have never changed. And we need to work that, that, that all the time. And one of those things is, remember that word. If we don't forgive somebody else, God's not going to forgive us. That should be big in our minds. That we live a life that we show forgiveness and grace. And we strive, the Bible says, as far as it depends upon you, live in peace with everybody. Not whether they do what they should do or they come and say sorry to us. But as far as it depends on us, live in peace. Be a peacemaker, a peace lover. Go make peace that we become right with one another. And this morning, all I can do is leave that in your heart, that you meditate on that, you think about that. And if there are those that you're out of kilter with, to maybe go and see that person, try and make that right. Whether it be within church or even outside of church, let's be the people God wants us to be. But here's the third thing that Esther brought to us this morning. I think this is really important. It's praying for our families. And you know, there's not, I would doubt this morning that there isn't one of us, that there's something going on in our home lives. Or there's one of us here this morning that are sitting thinking, I wish my child was in God's house. Or this family member came back to Christ, or that family member would come to Jesus. And I want to pray into that this morning over you. I want to pray over you this morning with regards to those family situations but as a wee act of response if that's you this morning and that's you know when I was away I was was reading a book to do with leading our life groups and and one of those chapters was actually to do when we and our life groups open up and share our needs and our our things that go on and how we need prayer and they give a couple of illustrations about people that were going through some really difficult times in their marriages within their family and how people got around them and prayed and they saw God answering prayer because they believed God could do that 
Let's not be judgmental this morning. But let's be a family who will stand with one another in care. So maybe today you want to stand for somebody who needs salvation you would love to see come to the kingdom of God. Maybe today your heart's broken for a wayward child. Maybe today you're struggling because you have financial difficulties. Maybe today you have stuff that's come to your door that you wish hadn't come to your door, but it's come to your door and you just need a breakthrough. Can we be brave this morning? Because I don't think there's one of us that probably won't need to stand and I'm standing today. I'm standing for God to move in my family too. And if you need a move in your family today, can I invite you to stand as we pray over situations today? And if you have situations today and you need God to move, just reach out to God. Before we come to break bread, just reach out to God and ask God to come and minister into your situation. Now you know your situation. And as I pray now, just you pray too. You might want to pray in English, you might want to pray in the Spirit, but you pray for your circumstance. And let's believe that our God will show up, that our God will make a difference. We learned this last week, and we had a great Sunday night last Sunday night. We have not because we ask not. And this morning we want to surrender that to God we have not because we ask not we want to ask God to move in our circumstances so as I pray you pray too and ask God to bring change father this morning we thank you for this house we thank you Lord for a called out people who love you who adore you who are part of one body your church and Lord there's mothers here that are breaking their hearts for their children There are fathers here who would love to be restored with their sons. There are those today that are unemployed that need employment. There are those today that, Father, are unwell. There are those today that, Father God, just need you to be in the midst of their depression and the midst of their failure and the midst of their fear. And as a community of a believing people this morning, we reach out to you together as a family. And church, you might even want to reach out to somebody just now, put your hand on them or if they're in front of you or behind you or beside you and encourage them. And I pray, Lord God, as we reach out to one another, as we reach out as a wee family and love to one another because we have a heart for each other we just pray in Jesus' precious name today that you will move in our circumstances we pray today that even in this very week that you will break spiritual strongholds I pray Lord today for those that are in fear those that are discouraged those that are afraid of their future I pray today that you will come in like a flood and you will change that around and you will start to work in them in such a way that they will know but they will know that God turned up on their behalf 
I pray the Father God that those that have struggled for such a long, long time with inner struggles, with stuff that they haven't even been able to share with their nearest and dearest because of fear, because of shame, that today even there will be a turnaround as the Spirit of God moves within them to give them a hope for their future. For those even today that are standing, they would say for this family as a house, how they would love to do things to enhance the family, but because of fear, because of a lack of confidence, because of their past, they feel they cannot. We pray that God, you will break that today. Lord, I pray, rekindle hope. Rekindle passion and from your word today, Lord, we just pray the Father God that we will stand for our physical families, but Lord, we will fight firmly for us as a spiritual family. Protect the unity of the saints, that we will stand with one another, that we will love one another, we will be for one another, for your purposes as a church, for your presence, for people, for your purpose. I pray that you will minister heart from heart, from soul to soul. Lord, we thank you for Esther this morning. We thank you for such a word and season. And we pray that you will anoint her and bless her. Lord, that wasn't an easy word to bring. And I pray that you will anoint her and you will bless her for bringing that word. In Jesus' name.